There is treasure in and beyond your pain. What you seek is seeking you, beloved. To feel, transmute and alchemize pain is your power. And this power is within you right now. If you'll only give yourself permission to access it. To tune in to the truth of who you are. To allow the healing of your soul. Self-healer. Rise. Hi beloveds and welcome back to Beautifully Empowered. I haven't spoken about anything narcissistic abuse related in probably about three months so I wanted to just come back to the topic of narcissistic abuse because I do know that a lot of you have benefited from those podcasts more than a lot of the other podcasts that I've done um, and I know that that's because obviously there's a lot of um, healing in our individual lives um, in regards to our childhood trauma and our childhood blueprint and I think the more that we talk about this the more that we can grow and heal truly heal and we won't have to see our children go through the same pattern or the same wound because we haven't healed our wound and so one of the things that I was thinking about today is how much narcissistic abuse is actually a catalyst for your healing is a catalyst for you to become who you truly are and who you have always meant to be. Now, I've probably mentioned this in a previous podcast as to how narcissistic abuse can be used for your own empowerment. But I think without me, again, this always comes back to my own personal life and what I've been through and how I can empower you to work through the healing process of narcissistic abuse and seeing you in that situation not seeing you in relation to the narcissist oh I'm the empath to the narcissist or I'm the codependent to the narcissist it's really about seeing you and from the moment that I spoke about narcissistic abuse I specifically always made sure that instead of just pointing the finger at the narcissist instead of just saying oh this is narcissistic abuse and this is what a narcissist and this is I've always made sure that I've always directed um the attention of power being back onto the listener onto you beloved because it's really about you and when you see that as you become more self-aware to what you've gone through or what you are going through if you're still going through a situation like this or having to um, live with a narcissistic family member or you're in a, a marriage with a narcissistic being um, or somebody that has narcissistic personality disorder, being able to see the situation as a mirror to your core wound. Now, this is something that I was thinking about as I wrote a piece of music yesterday on the... Um, new moon in Scorpio, um, as I was meditating, this brand new piece of music came through me. So I was just like this portal for this beautiful piece of music and it's about empowerment and I entitled the, the song Crown. And it's really um, the, the, the not so much the lyrical content, although I do address it in the lyrics, but what I was really pulling through is that the woman needs to put her crown back on. 
And it's not about emptying ourselves in order to find love, but filling ourselves back up with our own love. And then we're able to love from a place of, oh, this feels like a complimentary love. You know, I'll give to you, you give to me. It's a royal exchange rather than I'm giving you everything just for a few scraps of love. And I think that when you look at how, quote unquote, broken society is, and Daniel Paul spoke about this briefly in the podcast that we did, Science of the Alchemy, Science of the Soul, is that narcissistic abuse is really a, it's a symptom of something bigger. Or for, for, let me just put that more specifically, the narcissist has gone through the same amount of trauma, if not more, more, I would say, than the empath or the codependent. And how we express that trauma is in different ways. And it's funny, I was reading The Body Heals a Score. Um, I've had this book for a while now. I still haven't finished the whole book. I've probably had it for a year and a half now. And um, it was talking about how the DSM, I think it's the DSM, the, the, the book with all the mental health diagnoses in it, how they do not have a recognition of tra- childhood trauma. They have all of these pseudo labels that talk that basically diagnose an individual based on the individual's behavior um and they were saying that they were trying to get this label of um development developmental trauma into the dsm book which is the official um book for mental health disorders etc um to recognize that the root of what a lot of these labels, which we're just placing on children and we're placing on human beings, the root of all of that is childhood trauma. And until we get to the root of that, we're just labeling somebody's behavior. And I guess that could be said about narcissistic abuse, I'm sorry, about the, the narcissist or the sociopath, the psychopath. But I think it goes a lot deeper than that. I think that again coming back to what Paul Daniel Paul said is that if you know that or I'm kind of not quoting but paraphrasing here that it's the the trauma that causes those disorders and it's it's I've even um I was listening to someone say the other day that it's not even a disorder it's more a case of it being a family dysfunction how the how the family functions when there is a narcissist in the family. It's it's extremely dysfunctional to the point where a child that is trying to rebel against that then has to become dysfunctional in the sense that they develop those same narcissistic tendencies and those behavioral patterns. The child that empathizes with the abuser, the child that empathizes with the narcissistic parent, spouse, sibling is the one that eventually down the line becomes the codependent because they're constantly looking and gauging for, oh, what's this next reaction going to be? You know, do I have to abandon myself in this moment to make sure that I'm not going to get a smack? Do I have to abandon myself in this moment just so I can get a hug from mother or father? Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like the root of all of it is coming back to trauma. And I think that's why... I've said before, and I'm not a psychologist, I I always say that, um, 
so please don't ever use this podcast as a substitute for actually seeing a mental health professional or anything like that. I'm just sharing my healing journey. I've said that from day one. In my own time, yes, I study psychology, but again, I don't want to be a psychologist. And yeah, I'm just sharing from my own personal journey. So I think it's really interesting when we look at the root core of the, the narcissist and the root core of the empath and the root core of the codependent and the sociopath and to some degree the psychopath, it's all trauma. And if we as individuals can see that the narcissistic abuse that we've been through, if we can see that, that it can be a catalyst if you allow it to be, and it is about allowing to you seeing who you truly are, you can see who you've become in this dysfunctional family that you grew up in, these dysfunctional relationships that you're now going through, which is a reenactment of your childhood trauma. You're going through the same trauma cycle over and over and over again until you place that mirror in front of you and truly see the essence of who you are. So in my experience, there was a point where I was just like, oh, I'm actually really grateful for this experience with this individual that really showed me my core wound, which at the time was abandonment. Now you can never really truly be abandoned because the universe doesn't abandon you, the divine God. You at your core level never truly abandon yourself. You just don't remember. You're just being caused to forget through this dysfunctional family situation. I'll go as far as to say, and I have read this many times, but in my experience, I will go as far as to say that if you are experiencing narcissistic abuse, then whether you want to look at it or not, you've experienced narcissistic abuse in your childhood from one or both parents. Sometimes it can be a sibling or a caregiver, but someone close to you that you grew up with because you wouldn't end up in a situation with a narcissist. You'd see the behavior and go, yeah, bullshit, bye-bye. Whereas it's difficult for people that have been, and don't ever shame yourself for this, just have compassion for the, for the essence of who you are. Have compassion for that wounded part of you that just doesn't know any better than to be the scapegoat for the narcissist or the one that houses all the shame of the narcissist because that's what you did. That was your pattern as a child. So there's no shame there, but it's being able to recognize that sometimes you have to acknowledge who your parents are. And sometimes that can be really hard. I think that, you know, I've had um, a friend say to me before, um, I seem to attract all these narcissistic men, but then, you know, I've been told to look into my childhood, but my parents were amazing. They give me everything I want. I was very sheltered. And without me having to judge my friend, I just said, well, do you not think that being sheltered and being overly protected and overloved is is abuse in some slight because you're not able to they're not giving you the room for you to grow and blossom and they're just giving and giving and giving and there is some there is something in that when you have a parent that just gives and gives and gives it can either make a child either make a child very entitled or it can make a child it can cause a child to be prone to narcissistic abuse. And why is that? Because on a surface level, you'd think, well, that's, why would that do that? Well, when I, the way I see it is that you then are attracted to beings that give and give and give and give. But then under that surface level of giving, 
there's not really anything there. And some parents do give and give and give and give materialistically because they're not able to, or they just don't want to give on an emotional level. And that is abuse. We don't, some of, some of us don't recognize that as abuse, but it is abuse. Coming back to the topic of the podcast with narcissistic abuse being the catalyst for your own healing and your own empowerment. It's not to say that everybody that goes through narcissistic abuse will put the mirror up to themselves and go, hey, okay, I can see what my wound is now. I'm going to take personal accountability and personal responsibility to actually go within myself, in myself and do the necessary things for myself to empower myself out of this abuse that I seem to keep finding myself in. Not everybody does that. And I think this podcast easily could be a trigger if it fell into the wrong hands of somebody being like, what are you saying? Are you saying that going through narcissistic abuse is a good thing? I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I'm saying that if you can see it for what it is, it can be beneficial to your evolution and your personal growth if you can take the good out of it. And the good thing that came out of my narcissistic abuse um, is that, hey, that day that I've said this many times before, that day that I picked up my lipstick, because, you know, I'm obsessed with lipstick, and I wrote on the mirror, I want to heal. That was it. That was the first step to true healing for me. And I remember always being in my room, away from society, away from people. I said this before, but I was very much a loner. I always only had maybe one or two friends. I was never a part of big groups of friends, never felt safe in big groups. Um, and I guess not feeling safe around human beings can also come back to narcissistic abuse as a child and being around a parent that was very sociopathic. Again, I'm not here to diagnose anyone. I'm just saying I've observed the behavior that I grew up around and to me, it seems sociopathic. So if you can, if you're bold enough to truly look at yourself and it is one of the most painful things I've ever done is to, especially on a podcast where I find it very easy to talk about my healing journey and there are individuals in my life that... um, possibly won't ever hear me speak about this to them as individuals because we just don't have that. I personally don't feel emotionally safe around certain beings in my life. That's not to say I think that they're narcissistic. It's just not everybody is able to hold emotional space. Again, that might come back to their own trauma that they just don't know how to hold emotional space and they're always expecting others to hold emotional space for them. That's their journey. I'm not here to judge. But if we're truly able to see lost my train of thought then, but if we're truly able to see that we can take this abuse and turn it into power, we don't have to stay victims, you don't have to stay a victim, for as long as you choose to replay that narrative of I'm a victim, I'm a victim, I'm a victim, you will embody victim consciousness and you will attract to yourself beings that will mirror back to you that very core belief. And in my life, in my experience, I realized that, look, I've got many narratives and many stories going around in my head that I'm still dealing with that. I'm still walking the path of healing, which is not, it's not really a path, I guess. I'm experiencing what it means to empower myself. Nobody's going to do it for me. No one ever has done it for me. It's all been myself. So one, one being may say, well, 
what is success to you? Success to me is, well, this is not what I'm saying, but I've heard people say this, is having a mortgage and having a, a fancy car and being married with two children and, you know, but you never, I rarely hear people talk about being happy and being at peace with themselves and waking, and waking up each rising and just feeling the bliss of life. Satchitananda just came to my mind. You know, that consciousness, that bliss, that, that, that which we are in the stillness of life. And it's like, to me, success is self-mastery. To some people, they're just like, ah, oh, how, how deep can you go? How many layers can you go within yourself? I'm like, I will go as deep as I need to. And then I'll pull back if I feel like I'm going too deep. Because this is going to be another podcast, but I do think that shadow work can be self-abuse. I'm definitely um, not going to say too much in this podcast, but I think that if you go too deep without recognizing or becoming self-aware of what your shadow aspect is showing you, and you just keep going to these deep layers of your psyche unprotected, not knowing what you're doing, um, I think that can, that can be self-abuse. Again, I'll come back to that podcast another time, but I think that if you're able to truly see your situation for what it is, that if I've empowered myself through going through these cycles of narcissistic men, and men that constantly gaslight, men that are entitled, and just feeling like I had to abandon myself to get any type of attention, I'm not saying this is all the time, I'm just saying sometimes you end up in unconscious loops, and, um, you know, meaningless relationships, friends that weren't able to hold emotional space for me. And now I'm just like, I've, I've um, attracted to me a handful of the most beautiful friends I've ever had in my life. And I can think of, I'm not going to say any names just in case I forget anyone and someone's listening and they get offended. Probably about five or four very close female friends that are very enriching, that hold emotional space for me and I hold emotional space for them. And our relationship is so deep and so nurturing and so beautiful. And we understand that we can be vulnerable in this friendship and that the best type of friendships are those that you are being seen. No, really seen. And, you know, it's taken me a long time to get to this place where, hey, I actually am starting to trust women again. Because I've said this before on my podcast, I've never really trusted girls growing up to the point where we're just like, mm, I'd prefer to hang around with guys. And again, that does come back to the possible the possibility is, you know, me having abandonment issues then not growing up with my mum. And obviously I was around a man all the time, my dad. So I just felt very comfortable around men. And I just saw through, <laughs> very Scorpio moon, but saw through a lot of the clicks and the bullshit with high school girls um, and couldn't understand why a lot of people just couldn't hold a decent conversation about the depth of life and the beauty of life and it always had to be about nails and hair and makeup and I've just never been that type of girl whatsoever you'll never see me in nails that's pretty much because I play the piano though so yeah it really gets in the way I'm just you know most of the time I don't wear makeup I just cannot be bothered um and that's not because I'm lazy that's just because I'm like well I'm experiencing my fucking own reality my own experience in this body, why do I want to put makeup on? Like I just, in this moment, I know this sounds really funny, but like in this moment, 
I just, I just, what, what do I need to put makeup on for? Like, I just, I just, I just, look, beloveds, I just can't be asked. But, you know, especially through this whole um, CV situation, I'm not going to say it on here, but, um, yeah, I mean, there'll, there'll be times where I will put makeup on, you know, if I'm going to meet someone, if I'm going for dinner, if I'm going out, like, those situations. But on the everyday, it's kind of like, well, who am I trying to impress? I'm not trying to impress anyone, you know, so... Um, yeah, if you're able to allow yourself to go on this experience of healing, because it is an experience that you have to allow yourself to go through, because I should really always sit with water when I'm doing these podcasts, because my throat gets so dry. Just give me a minute, beloveds. Like, this is going to be funny listening back to this, but yeah, just give me a minute. Because I do have water over here, so I'm just going to go and get it. <sighs> okay, I'm back. That wasn't that long, was it? Um, yeah, if you're able to see yourself, because it's, I think as empaths, it's really interesting, and it's, we give so much to people, and I don't really see myself, I'm trying not to see myself as an empath, but I'm still going to continue to talk about empaths, and because I know that I have a lot of listeners, if not most of my listeners, identify as being empath or highly sensitive person, um, you know, and I think I definitely am here to still hold space for you, um, is that we do definitely hold so much space for people, you know, and I think that we need to be able to hold space for ourselves, you know, it's like the conversation that I had um, with Rebecca Gariffo, um a few months back about whether being an empath is nature nurture. I'm sure that me and Amanda Flake and maybe have spoke about this. I always forget because, you know, I've had so many people on this podcast that sometimes I forget who I've spoken to about this. But I think that it's definitely both. It's definitely nurture and nature. Um, for some people, maybe some people are only empaths because they literally spend their whole childhood watching their parents' reactions and making sure that they are pulling themselves back and abandoning themselves in the moment so that the parent doesn't like lash out at them. Some beings are empaths because that's just who they naturally are and then they become more, um, more of an empath in a toxic sense, a disempowered empath. Maybe toxic was, was quite harsh there, but... Um, because nobody's ever given to you. How are you supposed to learn to give to yourself when nobody around you as a child is giving to you? How do you learn that? How do you learn that? You don't realize, I didn't realize how self-abandoning I was until I grew up and I was going through my, not so much my early teens because I wasn't really that interested in men. Um, and even when I was, I certainly wasn't displaying any codependent behavior at all. It was when I was around the age of 21. Um, pretty much all the way to three years ago. So that's a long time. And I'm going to take a sip of my water and just be like, mm, praise be because doing the inner work is really worth it. So if you are a first time listener, I just want to say to you that mm, you are on a trip 
of an experience if you can take this moment and take my advice as somebody that was very codependent, somebody that, hey, on the outside looked very, very strong, which most people have that. It's quite a racist thing anyway, whether people want to acknowledge that anyway. The whole, oh, she's a black black woman, so she's strong and independent. What, women are strong because they're black? Yeah, well, maybe, but I think that whole idea of black women don't suffer and all of that is a very it's a very covertly racist thing to hold in one's perception because the fact that people view us like that we tend not to or at least let me revert this back to myself we tend not to open up to people because we know that people have this idea of oh you're you're a black woman you're strong you're fine you don't really need any help and I'm just like yeah we actually do (laughs) so if you're able to kind of give yourself a moment, even if you're at the baby steps of healing, if you can give yourself moment by moment by moment by moment, step by step by step by step, these beautiful baby steps of learning to come back to yourself and truly healing the, 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 just even bathing and and just, just holding yourself. Like the other day I was just like, fuck me. Why am I feeling so anxious? What Amy, what is the problem? And I'm just like, be kind to yourself, Amy. Like you've gone through so fucking much and it took me a, beloveds, it took me almost 30 years to realize, this is no joke, that I was severely suicidal and severely depressed. When you've grown up a certain way and you're used to hiding who you truly are, the moon essence of you, the subjective part of you, the subconscious part of you, the part of you that's at home away from everybody else, when you're used to hiding that from the world and you've done that your whole life, You get to a point where you're like, TikTok, wow, I'm in my 20s now and I've never actually realized there's something, there's something, okay, I'm not going to say wrong because I don't want to say that the soul is wrong, but there's something here that we're we're not paying attention to. And if you can give yourself time to read a book on codependency, give yourself time to read a book on narcissistic abuse, give yourself time to listen to these podcasts or listen to somebody else that speaks to your heart more you know, that speaks to your heart in a more connected way, because obviously it's not about the message, it's about whether the person that's delivering the message, you're connecting or connected to that individual. And I think I'm just learning more every day. I'm healing every day. And I, just like you, have moments where I'm just like, fuck, I'm feeling anxious, what do I do? And I've got all of this knowledge in my mind And all of these holistic techniques, I've spent three years developing very, very powerful holistic techniques within myself that I've been healing myself from anxiety in a very fundamentally holistic way. I've got these lovely techniques that work. And another thing I just want to give to you as well, a technique that I use is that when I'm feeling really disconnected from myself and dissociated, I'm just going to do it now. I just put my arms around my neck as if I'm hugging myself. And it's beautiful. And it just gives you that sense of security and not just the physical aspect of putting your arms around yourself and, hey, I'm hugging myself, whatever. No, really be in that experience of hugging yourself because you deserve to be loved, you know, your worth is not dependent on how your parents raised you, and I think I just want to say that again, because sometimes it takes us a while to really get that, the gist of that, like, your worth is not dependent on how your parents have treated you, let that sink in, beloveds, because if you can, 
allowing yourself again coming to the topic of this podcast is if you can see yourself you not your ego not the you you see in the mirror go deeper go deeper than that go deeper go deeper beyond the face the essence of who you are you deserve way more than what your parents could ever give you and they did the best they can they did did the best they could and we honor that because of the state of consciousness or their awareness that they were at at the time they gave birth to you in those years at that time if you can see that this narcissistic abuse the narcissist really is in the way that i see it the really the narcissist is really there to show you your core wound because if anybody will show you your core wound the narcissist can see your core wound more than you can and they exploit you because of it they exploit you because they know that you can't see it and if you could see it well here's a toast to you wouldn't be with them you really wouldn't my thing is even if you decide to have a narcissist in your life and just just Forget the label narcissist for a moment because I think sometimes we can get caught up in your narcissist and your sociopath and you're this and you're that. These are just labels. These are labels that we as human beings have created for family dysfunction, a personality disorder. These are wounded souls too, not to make excuses for the behavior, but their behavior is very dysfunctional because that's how they've learned to survive. They don't know any other way. And I think that the narcissist definitely has more of a chance of seeing themselves in the sociopath or the psychopath but the narcissist would truly have to want to see themselves and I don't know any narcissist that's ever wanted to do that I personally can always see that they can't go in because to go in would mean to connect with that inner child and that inner child is in a cage and that inner child is so hurt and they're abandoning that inner child and the only way that they can get affirmation and love and attention is through people buying them things and feeding their ego because that ego has to be fed because if the ego's not fed then the ego's like oh shit where am I like give me give me give me give me give me love give me attention give it me now and if you're not going to give it me I'll fucking demand it out of you it's it's very very sad but the narcissist more than anyone will show you your core wound so of course that's going to be a catalyst for your spiritual growth and your empowerment because nobody else like yeah people might trigger it yeah people might trigger it in an argument a friend might trigger it but in my again this is my personal experience (laughs) the narcissist will point it out they'll point it out let them point it out you know and if you're further along on your healing experience you just be like (laughs) what can you show me bitch that i already don't know like Hello, I know me, so yeah, bye-bye. A divine fucking reflection. So I really wanted to talk about this today because I realized, oh shit, it's been like three months since I talked, spoke, you know, since I've spoken about narcissistic abuse and I still want to continue to talk about this because it's not just about talking about the narcissist because I really don't like to talk about the narcissist. I do it so that you can see who's around you in your life. And... 
this is beautifully empowered. This is what I entitled my podcast. Oh, by the way, maybe I shouldn't mention it on this podcast, actually. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just mentioning it now. A lady's just start a melanated woman, believe this or not. And you can look at the date of her first first podcast. She's just created a podcast, only no sit the other day on Spotify, called Beautifully Empowered. And I'm just like, <laughs> I need to sort this out. Anyway, but anyway, um, yeah, that, that's just, I don't know why I mentioned that, but it's just interesting to, um, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, by catalyst, I mean that it, it's, it's, it's opening the door. It's giving you an opportunity to see what you are not allowing yourself to see. Because you, empaths, you don't exist for the narcissist and the narcissist doesn't exist for you. The narcissist is the narcissist and you are you. The more you empower yourself, the less you give power to the narcissist. The less power you give to the narcissist, they'll get bored of you and eventually stop trying to get from you because they know they can't. And I loved what Amanda Flaker said in our podcast, in our last podcast, that it's all about... um, which podcast was it? Oh, holy shit, empaths are sacred prostitutes. And um, it really is about being able to see yourself. The, the, sorry, yes, you as the empath, but I mean, the only way in which a narcissist will ever be able to heal themselves is if they see themselves. Now, they will, will not, <laughs> they will, will not, they will not see themselves for as long as you are there as the fucking punch bag, taking all the punches, not allowing the narcissist to see themselves. Because the empath is the punch bag. Let that sink in. The codependent, the disempowered empath is the punch bag for the narcissist who vomits all their shame, all their fear and all their guilt onto you because they don't want to look within. But if you can empower yourself, that just came out. Don't ask me why I burst out into song. I do this all the time. I'll be walking into a shop and start singing to the fucking um, person at the cash till. And they're just like taken by surprise and just like, yeah, I'm like a fucking music. Come and spend a day with me. And it's like being in a musical, no joke. Um, but yeah, just being able to give yourself permission to <laughs> see yourself. Do we really see ourselves when we've been taught for so long to look outside of ourselves for love Look outside of ourselves for God. Look outside of ourselves for the government for protection and our basic needs. And I think that I know that those that have been listening to my podcast for quite a while, or those that have listened to a lot of my podcasts in regards to narcissistic abuse, I know that you know what I mean when I say narcissistic abuse can be a catalyst for your empowerment, for your healing, for you to be the most powerful version of you. I had to be crushed like a rose on the fucking on the fucking floor just crush the rose just crush it bit by bit so there's nothing left of it that rose put itself back together (laughs) just by its own self-awareness of being a rose and you can't truly crush a rose that beautiful you know and it's just like in one of my um latest songs a new heart um i'm actually releasing a song today actually called heal um, so if you want to go and check out that, you can. Um, my latest song that I released a couple of weeks ago called A New Heart. And I, there's a line in the song, because obviously I wrote that song a few years ago. 
um, but I released it a few months ago because um, obviously you record, so you you might write a song, but you might not record it until years later. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. Um, and I was just like, yeah, I don't really have that opinion anymore about somebody being able to break my heart. But that does, that's okay because in the moment of me writing that piece of music, that's just how I felt. Um, and it's all about you know recognizing that your heart really, at least at least this is a perspective that I'm going to offer. It doesn't mean that it's like right. Or, or mm, that it's wrong. It's just a perspective. <laughs> um, and that's what that's how I feel when I'm do, doing podcast conversations with people. I'm not saying that I agree with everything that people say on my podcast. I'm just saying this is a perspective, and I like I love to I love this person's perspective. I'm going to invite them on, let them share their perspective. You just take what you want to take, leave the rest. But anyway, coming back to the song that I wrote a couple of months ago. No, a couple of years ago that I released a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, gosh, Amy, called A New Heart. Um, I'll put the uh, link to my Spotify, my Apple, uh, so you can listen to my music there, but whatever, Amy, anyway. Uh, do you ever just like talk and you're just like, right, Amy, get straight to the point. Um, yeah, so there was a line in that song that said, um, you broke my heart so you could give me a new one and I when I'm writing music I kind of I know what I what I'm saying through that piece of music but I don't necessarily believe that somebody can break my heart my heart can't be broken you know me putting someone on a pedestal and saying oh I'm going to give you my heart for you to come and break like it's just a perception. It's just a. It's just a perception that you have of somebody breaking your heart, but nobody can break my heart. But and then I was like, when I released this song, I was just like, but no, Amy, you don't believe that people can break your heart. What are you talking about? I was just like, you just have to honor where you were in that space when you wrote that piece of music, and you know, it's just like we're constantly growing, we're constantly. But I know what I meant, and it, obviously, you know, you broke. I feel like you broke my heart, and I feel like that was a catalyst for a new heart. You know, it's kind of the same thing that being in a, a relationship with a narcissist and you feel that this person's really shattered your heart. They've, you've given them something so important to you. You've given them something, you've given them yourself. And I remember reading somebody talk about their ideal woman is somebody that would give of herself wholly and completely with her whole soul and her whole, whole mind and that he would do the same. And I kept thinking like, would I ever actually do that with a man? Would I ever actually completely and wholly give myself? I don't know. All, all I can say is where I am on my growth is that I give myself my whole heart and my whole soul. And being in a relationship with, with an individual, I would like to think that you are, comp you are complimenting this other individual and they're complimenting you by giving your love. But I think there's a difference in like, I'm not going to give my soul to another human being. My soul is mine. And I'll give you my heart and I'll give you, my, you know, aspects of my mind. But I definitely think that the first and foremost relationship, at least for myself, is me. And that itself may sound narcissistic, but hey. I really don't think it is. I don't really think that loving yourself is narcissistic. I think like self-love in the kind of Kim Kardashian, Kylie Jenner aspect of, oh, this is what it means to love yourself. We'll really know that self-care and self-care and self-love are completely two different things. 
Um, you wouldn't need all that makeup and <laughs> the fake ass and the fake lips and everything else that's fake that you're pushing on your young audience if you really loved yourself. Do you know what I mean? So and the self-love that we talk about on Beautifully and Beautifully Empowered is deep, deep, deep self-love at the deepest level, which the so-called influencers of today's world clearly don't want you to know about because if you were that empowered, you wouldn't buy their products because they're profiting off your insecurities. Yeah, can I have a hello? I just literally picked up a vitamin C that I forgot to take this rising, so I'm going to take it now. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, so I think that if you're able, again, to really see yourself, and and again, I don't think I ever really went into this when I was saying before that as an empath, I've always felt that I don't exist, and, and me loving myself meant to love others wholly and completely until... I was burnt in the process of that. And I realized that when I was loving these individuals, when I was giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and giving, because I was just like, well, no one else is going to give to them. And I can't let them just, I can't let them be hurt in this situation. So I've got to step in and, and save them. It was like subconsciously, I didn't realize that I, that was me trying to save myself. So... I hope that we can continue to grow together on this this experience of healing. And as I heal, you heal. And as you heal, I heal, because we heal each other, right? So, and we heal each other, not in the sense that we actually do anything for someone else. It's It's, when you heal, people around you just start healing aspects of themselves because they see something in you. They see, excuse me, I'm just about to, they see the potential to heal because they can see somebody else embodying it. <sighs> so yes, I'll continue to address narcissistic abuse and how the empath can empower themselves. And I just want to send you my love and just keep living life and experiencing this wonderful ex existence. And we definitely can see the, the, the earth split and I guess people are choosing what side of reality they want to live on. Um, I hope you, that you're choosing the highest timeline. And um, yeah, if anyone does want to support this podcast, um, you can head to paypal.me forward slash amyleticia777. The link will be in the description below. You can offer a heart donation of any amount. And um, yeah, much love to you. Bye.